Hi, I'm Daniel Fuller from the Abundant Life Training Center, and welcome to our daily community meditation, where today we're talking about holding fast to what you have. In the book of Revelation, two times Jesus tells the people, hold fast. He tells them, hold fast to what you have. So just the other day, we talked about sometimes God sends gifts or healing or answers to prayer our way. And we see these breakthroughs or these answers to prayer come into our life. But then sometimes we can lose them. Now, it's an interesting thing, this kind of um, this balance, this tension between some scriptures, because the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 11 that the gifts and the call of God are irrevocable. He doesn't take them away. But something I'm learning here is that they can be stolen away. And that's why we have to hold fast to what we have. Just the other day, we talked about holding fast to our confession. How do we hold fast? To what we have. How do we hold fast to these gifts and answers and the call that's on our life? I think we stay positioned consistently in, gra- in gratitude and praise. We got to resist the devil when symptoms and problems and issues come back, where it looks like things are slipping back. We're not hanging on to things. We got to s- consistently stay positioned in gratitude and praise, I think. So we're going to be taking communion over that today, asking for God's help with that. But why are we taking communion every day? About 10 years ago, I had pretty much no spiritual life whatsoever. I was doing life on my own without God, doing things my own way. But life wasn't going the way that I wanted it to go. At the time, I was running my personal training business. And the business started out great, but then I got into some tough times. My business losing thousands of dollars in a month. And I remember getting to this place and going for a walk with my wife and telling her over and over, there's got to be a better way to live. And shortly after that, I came across this challenge to start reading one chapter from the book of Proverbs every day. Proverbs has 31 chapters. So on day one of the month, you read Proverbs chapter one. Day two of the month, you read Proverbs chapter two. And then you keep going like that until the end of the month and you start back over again. Well, I've been doing this for a little while. And then one day, Proverbs 13, 22 seemed to jump off the page of me. It says a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. And that verse got me thinking, what's the most valuable thing that we could pass on to future generations. Well, the Proverbs tell us that wisdom, understanding, knowledge, those are the key things. And so I made a commitment. I want to pass on manuals and lessons and teaching for all the different areas of life, areas like purpose and health and family, finances. But when I got started, I had no clue where to start. So I began to seek after God, began to totally immerse myself in the things of God. My relationship with him began to grow. He began to teach me, began to train me. Taught me this whole new way of living. But we make him the source. We make him the center of it. We do life together in partnership with him. But it wasn't always easy all the time because learning a new way to operate my life meant I had to unlearn a lot of things, had to let go of some old ways and to embrace this new way of living, learning how to walk it out with God. I just began to simply document what he was taking me through, the things that I was learning. And it turned into this series of books and courses and now partners that we have called the Abundant Life Blueprint. But out of everything we do in the Abundant Life Blueprint, the most important lesson I would want to pass on to future generations is daily communion. Daily communion is what I call the number one table turner for all of life. Has the ability to create a turning point, to turn things around and change the trajectory of our lives going forward. Jesus says, as often as you do this, remember me. It's an opportunity to help us to remember. And one of the ways we hold fast is through remembrance, I believe. How do we hold fast to what we have? We remember what he's given us. 
We take the time to praise him and to thank him and to honor him for the gifts and the call and the things that he's brought into our life. Communion helps us to abide in him so that our lives produce much fruit. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six says, every time we take communion, we're proclaiming the death of Jesus, which in the case of a will or an inheritance, nothing happens until you prove the death. So in a way, communion is like an activation. It's proclaiming his death that sets all the benefits in motion of this new covenant. But it's also important we take it the right way. Every time we take communion, we take it with the fear of the Lord with deep awe and honor and reverence for the sacrifice of Jesus and all that he suffered for us. But I also think it's important we remember what his sacrifice means for us, what it did for us, given this new covenant with God. So the process we use, we start with about a two-minute long prayer that's mostly scripture, coming from Ephesians chapter 1 and the prayer of Jabez, found in First Chronicles chapter 4. And then we take a few minutes to examine ourselves. Because the Apostle Paul says some people are weak and sick and they die early because they don't examine themselves before taking communion. And if communion has the power to do that in the negative, I believe it has the power to make us healthy and strong and give us long life if we take it the right way. And then after our time of communion, we're talking about some physical fitness some workout tips. Because I truly believe physical exercise is meant to teach us how to exercise our faith. So let's get started with our prayer. Heavenly Father, I pray for all those who are watching or listening, their families, all those connected to them and our church and governmental leaders. I thank you for releasing us from darkness and transferring us into the light, into the kingdom of your dear son. I thank you for your purpose and grace given to us in Christ Jesus before time ever began. I thank you that Jesus was smitten for us so that you could fight for us. I keep asking that you, the Father of glory, would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we would know you better, that the eyes of our hearts would be enlightened to know the hope to which you've called us and the riches of your glorious inheritance that is in us and the immeasurable greatness of your power to us who believe, the same power that you exercised in Christ when you raised him from the dead and seated him at your right hand in heavenly places. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And you put all things under his feet and made him to be the head of the body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And Father, I ask you to bless us, to make your face shine upon us and let us find grace and favor in your eyes. Expand our borders and our territory. Expand our capacity to receive your purpose and grace, your love and your goodness, and to let it flow through us so that we do good and are a blessing to people all over the world. Send us opportunities to do good and be a blessing today and help us be sensitive to those opportunities. Keep your hand on us and help us do today what's right and best in your eyes and do it with peace and joy and confidence in you. And we ask you to stretch out your hand to heal and do signs and wonders, and keep us from evil and pain. Through the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. All right, we're going to go through the other half of prayer. This is our time to examine ourselves. Are we making today a masterpiece? When, it all, when we all bring it all down into today, 
That's what it's all about because it's always called today. We got to bring our relationship with Him down in today. We got to walk it out today. And masters of anything are masters of the fundamentals. That's where we talk about executing these four fundamentals and bringing some fun and some presence into them today. But before we go through the fundamentals, let's remember God's got a process. When He took the people from Egypt to the promised land, there was a process, there were steps and stages along their journey. And in a similar way, for us to step into the promises and the inheritance that God has for us in Christ, I think there's steps, there's stages, there's a process, there's a beautification process that we have to go through. And I think it starts with just believing God's got something better for our life, better than we can ever ask or think or dream or imagine. But it's probably going to look impossible. And we've got to be willing to move forward with him, with that plan. We got to learn to put off our old ways and to embrace this new way of living, doing things God's way. Making him Lord, following after his plan for our life. So how are we going to do it? I think we're going to execute these four fundamentals. Our first one. Let's get positioned in the light today. Every day as time moves forward, time and space are connected, which means as time moves forward, you got to keep repositioning yourself every day. And we're going to take our position in the light today. We're going to start with humility because it's the humble who are given grace. It's the humble who are exalted and promoted. And we're going to take our position in forgiveness today. Receiving forgiveness from God, forgiving ourselves in the middle, walking in forgiveness with other people. And to walk in the light is to walk in love, kind and patient and gentle, always assuming the best, keeping no record of wrongs, delighting in the truth. Always hoping, always trusting, always persevering, because love never fails. And we're going to take our position in gratitude and praise today. It's one of the easiest ways to take our position. It's also one of the best ways to help us hold fast, stay positioned in gratitude and praise. And being in position is a big deal, because it puts us in position to be able to receive everything that God has for us. In Christ, we've got these rivers of living water that are available to be received, but then we got to learn how to receive them and get them flowing through us in our lives. I like to call it this pipeline of living water. In there is God's spirit and power and presence, his love and peace and joy, his mind and wisdom. There's purpose and grace, health and energy, time, finances, resources. It's all available to be received. So our first step is to get in position. And our second step is to magnify the light. We're going to expand the capacity. We're going to build a bigger pipeline where God can flow more of all these good things through us. Now, to magnify the light, we've talked about the example of two baskets on a balancing scale. On one side is a basket full of all the issues and problems and testings that we face. On the other side is a basket full of our praises to God. To magnify the light, which which basket are we going to fill up? With our thoughts, our words, our focus, our attention, our meditation, which basket are we going to fill up? To magnify the light, we're going to fill up that basket of praise. Praising God for who he is, praising him for all that he's done in our life. And one of the ways I believe we hold fast, this is one of the biggest keys, I believe, to holding fast. If you ever had some some answers to prayer that you've had in your life, but you lost them, I think this is how you can get them back. If you got some answers to prayer that have come into your life, this is how you can keep them and never lose them. If you've got some answers to prayer, prayers that you've turned over to God, but you haven't seen the answer manifest yet, this is going to help you receive it. 
It's going to help it show up in the world where you actually receive it. Magnifying the light. We can magnify the names of God. Go through his names. He's the God of all peace. He's the God of all hope, the God of all comfort, the God of all grace. He's more than enough. He's El Shaddai. He's the Lord of Lord. He's the King of Kings. He's the righteous judge of all the earth. He's the creator of the heavens and the earth. He's the Lord of the heavenly hosts of the angel armies. He's holy and just. He's faithful. He's true. He's love. He's light. Just go through who he is. It's going to build your faith. It's going to encourage you. And then we can go through all that he's done for us in Christ. He sent us his one and only son. And if he would do that, how would he not freely give us all things? He poured the cup of his wrath onto the body of Jesus. He crushed him. He was destroyed by God. But then he was raised back to life and he was seated in heavenly places at God's right hand. And he raised us up with him and seated us together with him in heavenly places. We become one with him. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil and give us life, life abundantly, this Zoe life, this life of God within us. He's made us righteous and holy and perfect. We've got God's blessing and favor on our lives. We've got the same spirit and power that raised Jesus from the dead living on the inside of us. You just spend a few minutes going through these things every day. And then I've learned. Go through a few minutes. Looking back, what has God done in your life? Remember. Those things that he's done. Remember those things that he's done personally in, in your life. Take some time consistently to keep thanking him and praising him. It's going to help you hold fast to all that he's done. Now, this is not denying that there's issues or problems. Rather, in the face of them, we're going to fill up that basket of praise. Because we trust that those gifts and that call, it's irrevocable. He's not going to take them away. And if we just stay consistently focused on him, it's going to help us to receive it. It's going to help us to hang on to it and to keep it. Because we trust that he can solve those problems a whole lot better than we can. But he does give us a choice. We could choose not to do any of this. We could stay stuck doing things our own way. We could fill up that other basket, venting and complaining and pouting and toiling, magnifying the size of the issues and problems. And that's where we have to learn to recognize the symptoms. Because wherever we're positioned, whatever we're magnifying, it's going to produce some symptoms in our life. And one of the biggest things I've learned to pay attention to, where's the pressure? If we're putting the pressure on other people or we're putting the pressure on ourselves, I believe we're squeezing God out. We're blocking the flow of what he's able to do in our life. That living water just stays bottled up on the inside of us and we never see the result of it. Or we can put the pressure on God. We can rest and we can trust in him, put the pressure on him. And now all those good things, it squeezes them out of us and through us. And we get to rest. We get to rest. So where is the pressure? You also feel this heaviness and weight on the inside. You have the fear and stress and worry, dreading things in the future, envisioning all these worst case scenarios, playing out all these worst case scenarios in your mind, reliving bad things from the past. Sometimes doors get open because we used to have an issue. God delivers us, sets us free from that issue. And then we start to envisioning, slipping back into it. We get a little bit of symptoms. We start to build all these worst case scenarios because we get flashbacks and opens the door. But when we take our position in the light. We stay positioned in gratitude and praise. We stay positioned in him. There's rest in our soul. 
And when we rest, he goes to work. And now all those good things begin to flow. Everything is free and easy and effortless and energizing. And now all of a sudden we've got hope in any and every situation. Because we've got God with us. And if all this weren't enough, he gives us this amazing gift of grace. That if we ever get off track, sometimes we start to lose hold of those things. Sometimes we don't hold fast. We forget. We don't remember. And we start to lose some of those things. We can get them back. You can turn the tables and get them back instantly. His gifts and call are irrevocable. They're still there. Take them back. How do we do it? I think we start with humility. Father, forgive me. I'm off track. We receive that forgiveness from him. We forgive ourselves. We walk in grace and forgiveness with other people. Then we start praising and magnifying him for his goodness and his grace and his love. I like to pray this very simple prayer. Father, thank you that what you put within me is more than enough to handle whatever's coming at me today in a beautiful, graceful way. Help me to tap into it, see it flowing in my life at a greater level today. And then our third fundamental. We've got to stay tuned into him today. Every day he's trying to teach us and train us and navigate us. We've got to stay tuned into him. My favorite way to do this is with a journal before bed. And I like to start at the very top with what I call some filters. These are just short phrases and, and sometimes one word that I just keep rewriting every night to help me stay in rhythm with God. One of the biggest things I've learned is the Old Testament, the temple had a rhythm. There were things that had to be done every morning, every evening, every weekly Sabbath, at the start of every month, on the yearly cycle of feasts. Well, our bodies are God's temple now. And getting in rhythm with him is one of the biggest things I've learned we can do to stay in tune with him. And so the way I like to do it is this. I start at the very top. What do I feel like is the big picture vision God has given me? For me personally, that's abundant life training centers all over the world, making the body of Christ healthy and beautiful. Then I bring it down to the yearly level. What do I feel like is the word or the vision or direction God gave me for this year? For example, this year, 2022, the year of the beautiful land. And then I bring it down to a monthly level. What do I feel like God's got us focusing on this month? For example, July of 2022, our message for this month, confidence through praise. Through praising God consistently, we grow more confident in our faith. And then we bring it down to another level, to our weekly, yearly cycle updates. Where are we at in this time of the year? Which season of the year are we in? Every, every week we talk about where we are in the year and how different times of the year just give us different angles of what God's done for us. This time of the year is a reminder to expand the vision. God's plan is always unfolding. He's given us more light. He's expanding the vision. Saying tune in to him for that. Then I like to start my journal with gratitude and praise to get in position. And then to magnify. What went well today? What are all the ways I saw God showing up today? And I like to ask this question. God, what were you trying to show me today? And get still and listen and whatever comes into my mind, begin to write those things down. And then I want to bring it all the way down into today. We started with the big picture. We're going to bring it down into today. And we're going to walk it out today. And that's where I like to plan out the upcoming day with God. And I've learned to stick with. What do I know to do today? Because I learned sometimes I was getting out ahead of God. Toiling away in my mind, trying to figure things out, trying to force things to happen. On the other side, sometimes I was procrastinating on things that I knew to do. 
And when we procrastinate, those things that we know to do start building up on the inside that blocks our clarity. You feel that weight and pressure and the overwhelm on the inside. And so we're going to start taking action, chipping away at those things that are building up on the inside. So we write out our plan for the day and then we wake up like a kid on Christmas morning, excited for the day because this is the day that the Lord has made. And we remember this very important principle that the first thing out of our mouth every morning sets the tone for the whole day. As I began to learn about this, I began to seek God. What's the best thing for us to say first thing in the morning? I felt like he was taking me back to Genesis chapter one. The very first words we see God speak, let there be light. And so now those are the first words out of my mouth in the morning. Let there be light. And it's amazing how such a simple little thing brings a different energy into the day. And then we get connected with him. We start walking out that plan, full confidence in him. that He's right there with us every step of the way. And when we get to that place of confident faith, his grace begins to surge through us. He begins to go to work. He begins to beautify our lives. And beauty is attractive and magnetic and just begins to pull more and more of everything God has for us into our life. Let's take a look at these scriptures today. Revelation chapter 2, verse 25. Jesus is talking to the churches in these scriptures here. He says, nevertheless, hold fast to what you have until I come. So whatever you have from him, hold fast to it. Again, he repeats it in Revelation chapter 3, verse 11. He says, I'm coming soon. Hold fast to what you have so that no one will take your crown. We see in Romans eleven twenty nine for God's gift and his call are irrevocable. He's not going to change them. He sends us these good and perfect gifts from above in our life, but we have to hold fast to them. And to make it very simple, I think it takes remembering. Remembering what he sent your way. Remember that he's not going to take it away. He gave it to you as a gift. Now, the devil will try to come and steal it. We submit ourselves to God and you got to resist him. Don't let him take what God has given you. We're going to hold fast to it. And how are we going to do that? Keep remembering. Keep remembering. Keep stirring up that memory of what he's done in your life. It's one of the greatest ways I've learned to keep holding fast to it. But we're going to take communion over this today, asking for his help. Heavenly Father, I'm just so grateful personally for these scriptures that you've been opening to us over this last month on just praising you growing more confident in our faith. And we're asking for your help today. You're telling us here, Jesus has given us a commandment to the church. Hold fast to what you have. We're asking for your help with that. Help us to understand how to do this and help us to walk in this consistently from this point on in our lives. We just thank you that you are good and your gifts and call are irrevocable. And we thank you that on the night Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and said, this is my body. It's broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Just take a moment to remember, God sent us his one and only son to die for our sins. Jesus is willing to come and humble himself on a cross. And God pours the cup of his wrath, all of his anger and frustration with the sins of humanity poured onto the body of Jesus. It was a turning point for all time. He was crushed by God. He was destroyed by God. But then he's raised back to life. He's victorious over death. 
He's raised up and seated in heavenly places at God's right hand. And God raises us up, makes us new creations. Gives us this Zoe life, this life of God on the inside of us. And he seats us together with him in heavenly places. Hold fast to that. He makes us right and holy and perfect in God's sight all through his one sacrifice. Hold fast to those things. Keep remembering them. That's why communion is so powerful. It helps us to remember. It helps us to hold fast. So, Father, we thank you for this bread. And ask you to bless it in Jesus' name. If you have your bread, you can take your bread. Then after supper, Jesus took the cup. He said, this is the cup of the new covenant. In my blood, poured out for the forgiveness of sins for many. It's the forgiveness of sins that releases us from darkness and transfers us into the light. Into the kingdom of Jesus. And he's a great king. His blood cleanses us, makes atonement for us. Gives us this new covenant with God, this blood sworn oath. That God is with us, he's for us, he's working for our good. So Father, we thank you for this cup. And ask you to bless it in Jesus' name. If you have a juice, you can take a juice. All right. A way for us to start holding fast, to start practicing this. Physical workouts. There will be a lot of days when you don't feel like doing it. Days when you don't feel like showing up. Days when it's not convenient to do. And just through the years, I've coached and trained a lot of people. And I've seen it's very easy for people to just fall off the wagon. You miss one workout, then it's two, and then it's three. And next thing you know, you're just out of the habit. Let's practice holding fast on those days when you don't feel like you've got it. Just show up. What can you do? Keep holding fast. And a lot of times, if you just get started, It'll kick in from there. God will begin to show up and begin to do the work through you. And you'll do the whole workout. Hold fast in your fitness. There'll be all kinds of things that pop up to make themselves a higher priority, to tell you don't have time to do it, all these types of things. Hold fast in it. But I hope this has been helpful for you today. If you'd like to learn more about partnering with us in the Abundant Life Blueprint, you can go to the Abundant Life Training Center.com.